0: To today's episode of the Property Pod. My name is Libby, and today I'm joined by Holly and Nick from Patrick James Property Consultants. Thanks so much for coming on, guys. Great to have you.
1: Thank you.
0: And today we'll be discussing navigating the property market in 2023 as a first-time buyer. Um, so, guys, what is the average price for a first home in 2023? Do you think? Um, so obviously, we only cover Colchester
1: and the surrounding areas and North in North Essex, basically. So I can only speak for. That pool of people, and I'd say probably around about two hundred and eighty thousand. Yeah,
2: it's probably closer to two eighty. But I think that nationally we spoke it probably two forty. But because of our proximity to London and where we are, it's just that little bit more between two seventy five to two eighty five in, mm-hmm. in in Colchester, yeah. in around that area. If the further to London you go, the slightly higher that comes. I think.
0: And what are the current trends for um, the housing market for first time buyers at the moment? Do you think?
2: Um, it's a difficult one to be honest because there isn't. For first-time buyers, it's, it's always difficult. So the, the market's always dictated by first-time buyers initially because without those, it doesn't move. I think market trends at the moment, usually you have, first, you have first-time buyers and buy-to-let landlords at the bottom. The buy-to-let landlords are gone. So it's kind of made up at the bottom primarily by first-time buyers. So it's difficult because at the moment, interest rates are all over the place. Mm. Prices have inflated massively over the last two or three years. So it's, it's a difficult one to answer because there isn't really any trends. It's kind of just reliant upon first-time buyers hopefully getting their deposits in place and being able to afford the ones that they want to get. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say the vast majority of our pipeline at the moment, we had this conversation yesterday, Our
1: first-time, uh, first-time buyers. buyers,
2: believe it or not. It's, oh, they're okay. actually more active than probably any other sector of the housing market at the moment. So they're, they're certainly there. I just think there's probably a little bit less of them today than there were four or five years ago I think this is slightly different and with the rates and with the way the market's gone I think it would be a slightly more difficult path for them to tread going forward but they're certainly still there they're definitely, um,
0: mm. definitely
2: positive signs for them anyway oh, good. good to hear
0: and um, what advice would you give to first time buyers looking to navigate the current property market in 2023 100% first of all speak to a mortgage
1: broker mm. they definitely will give them the best advice um, guide them in the right direction, um, and obviously figure out what they need and how much they can afford before they go and start looking at properties, because I think that's the, the think main, that's the main thing, thing at the moment, isn't it?
2: First and foremost just find out what you can afford, how much it's going to cost you, and, and effectively understand how much you can go spend when you're going to go look. Um, that's the first thing to do, because you can get carried away, get on right move, get on Zoopla, on the market. And you can spend all day looking at dream homes and then mm-hmm. find out that actually, that even if they're 250, they're going to be unattainable. So I think the first thing to do is have a chat, primarily with, I would say, an independent broker mm-hmm. because they'll, they'll, they'll offer you whole of market when it comes to mortgages. Um, there are some good mortgages out there at the moment, so I think there's the ability for first-time buyers to get on the ladder with a good mortgage. Um, but I think the first thing is, before you even look on right move, find out how much you can afford because if you don't know that, you have no idea where you're going to go with it personally or personally. Well. I think this is, a, mm. this is the best thing to do first. Costings and everything kind of from that is where you'll be able to understand how much you can afford going forward. Mm,
0: good to be practical. I feel like i would yeah. get carried away. I do it sometimes and I'm like, yeah, and oh, so everyone pretty, clicks that yeah. extra little 10,000 to think, <laughs> yeah.
2: actually, maybe I could get to 400 or 500. And then before you know it, you're looking at 1.8 million pounds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one day, this would yeah, be great. Like... Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a difficult one, but I think the, the main advice for any first-time buyer, day one, if you're going to do it, Find out how much you can afford, yeah. because without that, you, you may find you can get a lot more, which is more often not the case. Which is a bonus, or not. Um, but actually, if you don't know what you can afford, you have no idea where you're going to be, where you're going to be looking, or how much you are going to be looking up to.
0: Mm. And are there any legal or regulatory changes that should be um, made aware for personal buyers? Um, did you want to go? Th- no? Well, no? we do. Right? We
1: have our own kind of regulatory
0: process process
1: yeah. that we go through for ourselves, and mm. um, not it's not a general. Thing all over but we have to go through anti-money laundering make sure people say who they who they are mm. they um, actually are they yeah. actually yeah. are yeah. proof of funds um, agreements in principles to make sure that if they are offering on a property we're doing our due diligence yeah. to make sure that the offer that they can afford is okay for our for our vendors and then if they accept it then it's something that right they can go ahead with I
2: think there's any, any kind of rules or reg, reg, kind of regulations for first-time buyers Are pretty much identical to any other buyer there's no i don't think there is any differences i don't think they have any more hoops to jump through or on a a legal basis and if it ever anything like that i think if anything like that comes up more often than not we pass over to our trusty side companions and conveyancing and go Mm this this is a question for you (laughs) yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah, your legal side we're not um but i think as a for first-time buyers and any other buyer they're effectively the same there's no real difference in any kind of things that they need to do Differently to someone that owns or owned eight or nine homes in the past, I think it's exactly the same.
0: Hmm. And uh, are there any government schemes or incentives available this year that are different to other years for first-time buyers? Or
2: um, they, to be honest, there's there's a few out there. There's, there's the ISO, that help to buy, the right to buy. There's a couple. What's the other one? There's a fourth um, one. I can't, ski- remember that. Um,
1: I can't remember. No, there's a couple
2: out there, but they've they've extended them. I think the help to buy was due to to end this year. That's hmm. been extended for a further year. Um, I think ICE has potentially actually ended this year, um, where the government would match whatever you put in as a deposit. Um, so there are, they're very good. They're great for first-time buyers because it, it? there's obviously the ability to get more deposit off of those or buy home with less deposit. Shared ownership's the other one I think we've missed. Yeah, yeah. Shared, mm. shared ownership's a fantastic one if, for argument's sake, your affordability only allows you a certain amount. Um, because that's the mortgage you need to get. You don't need to get for the full amount. So there's an element of obviously having to pay part rent plus part mortgage, but it's a good way of getting on the actual market and onto the property ladder. Um, so there are a few schemes out there. Like any, I think, government-backed schemes, there's delays it's and time. Delay. Yeah, it's a case of most sales will take a certain period of time. None of them are ever quick, unfortunately, but when you add in a third party like the government, it takes even longer because there's more hoops for them to jump through and the process is just just that little bit longer isn't it we, we've yeah. done a few but not many um, i think i think help to buy shared ownership are probably the most beneficial ones um the right to buy i've never come across one to be honest i think that was more of a council-based one and the ISAs i've never really come across either to be honest no. but then it's a deposit so if no. it's from the ISA obviously that's something we probably would never need to know but yeah at the moment i'd say there's a few out there that are definitely worth looking at there's more for first-time buyers than any other buyer, put it that way, um, when it comes to buying a house going forward. Yeah,
0: that's good. Good time for your first-time buyer. Yeah, Yeah, I think so, yeah. And what should first-time buyers look out for in a property viewing?
2: Um, I'd say location is number one. Mm, 100% Without a doubt, the amount of homes that we've taken on the market that are amazing, but people turn up and go, don't like the road, or this is a bit too far from where I need to be. So I think, first and foremost, if you're going to view something, maybe take a drive the day before or spend the weekend having a look at where you would like to be or where you think you want to be and realise maybe that's not the right where you want to be. Because so the amount of people that will register with us and say we're only looking in a certain postcode or in a certain area, I would say 99% of those people never buy in that area. They end up buying in an area they didn't ever consider, um, which happens all of the time. But for yeah. first-time buyers, even more so, I think it's a case of kind of get a bit familiar with the area, understand where they want to be. And then there's not really much... So I could say, as the area ticks the boxes, if the house is nice, I'd say look out for things. But most people are fairly, I'd say, open to what they're looking at and understand if the house needs work. First yeah. Also,
1: I've... to take away, don't just look at the the aesthetics of like and furniture and things mm-hmm. that are in the home mm-hmm. because it, they're not going to come with the home. So yeah. you need to look at the space and how much space there is and if there's a lot of furniture. Just imagine it not being there. Be very open-minded when you go into a property, and mm. especially as a first-time buyer. It's the first time you're doing it. It's all a bit daunting, isn't it? Yeah. So just go in with a fresh mind. Go in and take everything out and just make sure the space is enough for you as well mm. and what you're looking for. And
2: always go back. Do yeah. a second view in. Always go back because oh, you right. miss so many things... Especially if you You've love it. You blinkers home. on, yeah. don't you? Yeah. You walk in, and it's, it's the best house I've ever seen, and you miss the things that you really should have been looking at. We always joke, take your mum and dad back, because dad will find something, mum will hate oh. something, and it's <laughs> yeah, easy yeah, to yeah. figure out what you want from the house. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's worth going back. Make sure the area is right. The house is easy to fall in love with, but it's always a good idea to go back. To the, even I've done viewings, I've taken houses on the market, I've gone back on a viewing. And I think, I don't remember seeing that and that's different what it was or noticing things that maybe I I personally don't like about the house or do like about the house that I missed the first time. Mm. So I think it makes sense to always go back for another viewing. Going forward, if it's something you love and you make an offer, obviously you'd need to get things like surveys and bits of bobs. But initially for the point of viewing, I think... Area first viewing and always go back for a second one to, to take another mm-hmm. take take another look at it.
0: Yeah. Is it quite common that people go back? Because I've never heard of. I didn't realise you could do that. It's such a good idea. Yeah, yeah. There. So second
2: viewings yes. are. It used to be. Um, it used to be really common. I think second viewings were quite a positive thing. You mm-hmm. did get a call. So can we go back? We love the house and they'd usually want to go back just because they want to double check on it mm. um, or take someone back with them. I think after COVID it became
1: it, because the market was moving so, so quickly, fast yeah. and mm. houses were just going, a lot of people viewed offered and, and, and that was it. It was yes or no oh, really? wow. and didn't have time to go back for a second viewing because other people, there were so they'd many run the view- risk of lo- viewers losing viewers, wasn't it. Yeah. there. Yeah.
2: So it was a really it was a really a really weird time. I think yeah. so many people viewed and were there was almost an element of panic. If I yeah. if I wait to have to come back. Someone else will buy it. Mm-hmm. So the second viewing aspect kind of disappeared for the last two two and a half years. But it's certainly worth something. It's certainly worth doing because if you don't do it, and then when you finally move in, because we've had houses and sold houses where people viewed it, and I've done the viewing, they've been there less than five minutes, and they've never been back until mm-hmm. they've gone and got their keys until they've completed. And then it, they yeah. called up and said, "Oh, well, you know, I, I didn't realise this wasn't here or that wasn't there, yeah, or the yeah. was there." So it's a case of just take a breath. If you miss it, it's a cliche, but everything happens for a reason when it comes to the housing market another one will come up yeah another one will will pop up and you will you will either love it more or it'd be in the better area or the right price so it's not a case that you've missed out you just haven't got that one so um i think second viewing is always key when it goes when it comes to first time buyers even more so because they've never done it before so it's a case if they can go back and take a breath and have a look yeah
0: very good advice and uh what is stamp duty and how much does a first time buyer have to pay in 2023 so it it
1: changed slightly, didn't it? So now, first-time buyers can pay no stamp duty up to 425000 Yep. Um, over that... Um, I'm
2: not too sure what it is over that. They change it too much. The yeah, yeah, they do just, change it. To the point where it's hard to keep up. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I'm, I'm old enough to remember when it's just 1% for everybody. Okay. It was really yeah. easy to figure out because it was just <laughs> 1% of that figure. After COVID, they got rid of it. Before COVID, there, it, it went up in stages. So after 125, it was 2% to 250. And now a lot of it even depends on when you live because in London, the, the, the actual the rate's higher. So um, I think it jumps up to 2% and obviously 5% after that. But for first-time buyers, primarily, they don't pay anything up to 425, which is more than enough
1: yeah.
2: where we are in London. Potentially, it could be more difficult depending on what kind of property you're looking at but but for certainly Colchester and this neck of the woods 45 is more than enough for, for a first-time buyer so it's mm. no stem duty on that front foot yeah. for anyone mm.
0: and can you provide any insights into the negotiation process involved in buying a property or putting an offer on a property like is there anything that b- first-time buyers can do to make sure they're negotiating well
2: um I think in all honesty we've always we're quite good with first-time buyers because we've been there where I like to think I'm young maybe not as young as I was but we're <laughs> younger than some estate agents are out there and I think it's easy to get worried about and and kind of confused when it comes to offering because it's a process that they've probably never done. No one's ever needed to negotiate anything. You don't go into Tesco's and negotiate on what you're buying and you don't negotiate really anything anymore other than the house It's a big decision
1: as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. For a a first home, it's Mm. a big step for people. I think
2: think we're quite good in that we will guide. We're quite honest with with buyers. With all buyers, not just necessarily first-time buyers, but with first-time buyers you have to understand that they've never done it before. We're quite cold-hearted to it in that we deal with offers every day and mm. the house process, house moving process every day. They've never done it. So we're quite honest with them. We've always been quite upfront with our vendors as well, explain to them that they're a really nice couple, they're really nice guys, whoever it may be buying it. Um, but they're first-time buyers, so we need to be a bit more cautious with them potentially and just kind of guide them the right way. I think... Some agents can be quite forceful in the way they ask for offers in that, you know, it's up for 300, the vendor won't take a list of 300, don't waste our time with anything less than 300. Whereas we've always been quite upfront and said, yeah. look, offer, offer what, do you, what think? you think it's worth, offer mm. what you are comfortable with, what you can afford. doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be accepted, but it, even if it's a good starting point, it allows us to start a conversation or a dialogue with the owner. Because you'd be amazed how many people say they will only take 300, but end up taking 285 or 290 there's always a figure someone wants to pay and someone wants to achieve but with first time buyers i think you just have to be more conscious of the fact that they've never done it before Mm. and they absolutely do not need to go it's on the market for 300 we'll offer 300 yeah Yeah. obviously our job is primarily to get as much as we can and work in our client's best interest which is the vendor Mm. um
1: i think as long as they've got a a reason for maybe offering slightly less you know like lay out your reasons for doing that You know, it needs new windows because all the windows are broken, or Or whatever it may be. Lay it out, and that is something that you can put forward to the vendor. Especially with us, we're like I say, we're very open with it, and let people know exactly what the offer is and their position and why they are only offering this amount. Mm -hmm. And the dialogue can usually go back and forth a couple of times. Yeah, it
2: doesn't. No one, don't ever think if you've offered on on a property and it's rejected that you can't go back. You can go back every day for the next three months if you really wanted to and waste everyone's time, but you can effectively go back as many times as you like. There isn't a set limit, there isn't a reason why they can't offer more than once. Um, any offer put forward, we're legally bound to put it forward as well. You know, At the end of the day, if we've got a home on the market for 300, and they offer 200, I'm pretty confident it's gonna be rejected, but I'm bound by law to put that offer forward still. So we still have to put it forward, we have to put it forward in its best light, um, and, and obviously go back to them with whatever the vendor says. I think the other main thing for first-time buyers is absolutely vital, which a lot of buyers will do, but first-time buyers may not know they need to do, is have everything in place already. Yeah. Have your mortgage, have everything in place, have the agreement in principle. If you've got a deposit, get the, the statement shown that that's there or where the deposit is coming from, whether it's via your mum and dad or wherever it's wherever it's coming from. Just so when we've got it on paper, when we put that offer forward, we've got it all there. So it gives us confidence that we're putting the right offer forward for the right person. So if they've got all of that in place, sort of our, our process is we send an email out with a, a form that they have to fill out to put the offer forward so that everybody understands what they need, what's required and what's going to happen going forward. Um, we don't ask for that every single time on every re-offer but ultimately it just allows us to put that offer forward with a bit more confidence and again, we're quite honest, if the owner comes back and says we want 287 or 288, we'll go back with that figure to, to the buyer and if they can get to that, it's not to say they have to but it's a case of that's the figure they're looking for, are you able to get to it? If not, Going back for the next offer, and we'll work that way more yeah. often than not. But they do need just a bit more guidance. We forget sometimes that first-time buyers have never done it, so mm. it's easy to forget that because we deal with so many people that have done it three, four, five, six, seven times. On top of the fact that we've done it thousands, if not tens of thousands of times for the work for the office, so um, they just sometimes need to. Remember that we can Good. work for them as well as obviously for the uh, for the vendor.
0: Mm, I guess it's easy to panic as first time buyer. Like oh yeah okay yeah yeah it's just like a little. I baby, think they yeah. take
1: they they must have a lot of um, people telling them as well, like mm-hmm. taking loads of advice from other people that have yeah. done it and things like that. But just. Try to block that out and just do what you want to do. Mm. There's no right or wrong way of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Is what not. we we think anyway. Yeah, I
2: think that's the, that's the main thing. There isn't. You can't do it wrong. Put it that way. Mm. You can offer what you like, when you like, and we will always put that offer forward. But for first time buyers, it must be incredibly daunting. Mm. I mean, I was lucky. We're lucky enough that we were in the industry, so when we we're offering homes, you know, we yeah. kind of know how it works. But I always kind of think to myself if I'd never done this job I'd have no idea no. you know what, what I what I would need to do and it's incredible how many times we've had people call up and say you know i viewed a house today and we love it. How can we make an offer? What do we do now? How does it work? They just don't know. There's mm-hmm. no process. No one's ever taught it. You're not showed how to do it unless you know your parents helping out or you've done it before. So right. it's um yeah I think they just need sometimes just a little bit of guidance, a little bit of help and not a case of the aggressive sales tactic that some agents may go down the route of you just have to bide your time a little bit more it may take a little bit longer to tie a sale up to a first time buyer because of that but more often than not nine times out of ten it's, it's, it's worth it because yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. they're probably the most secure buyers we can deal with believe it or not first time buyers almost never kind of change their mind they're yeah. pretty certain because you know t- they, they've wanted to make sure it's the right house for a long time so yeah I think first time buyers my advice would be just Offer what you think it's worth, make sure you can afford it and you're comfortable and don't be pressured by yeah. an outside party, whether it's an estate agent, family member, or it may be, just take a breath.
0: Take it slow. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. And what extra costs do you think first-time buyers should account for in 2023? All of them. All, All, of, them. Yeah. <laughs> All of them. There's so yes. many that I think people
1: are forget about, are not aware of. Um, so you obviously, first-time buyers, hopefully they don't have to pay any stamp duty because it won't be over 425,000. Um, but you have to think about your legal costs, your removal costs. Um, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head now.
2: Obviously solicitors and your uh, some some mortgage brokers mortgage charge broker, an upfront fee yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Plus you've got your initial mortgage payment, your last rent payment if you're living somewhere that yeah. some people often forget about and they can sometimes fall on the same day as your first mortgage payment. Oh, no. um, yeah. But there are, it, it feels as if you're buying a home for 280000 say, it isn't just the 280,000. There's probably almost another 10,000 associated with that in the background mm. that you would never you have You probably don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, even the one that catches most people out the removal vans, yeah. it's incredible how many people say, Okay, we want to move on Wednesday or well, next Wednesday. This is the date we have to move on. And the removals are. Can't do it, and they've had to pay an extortionate amount to get another company to come and do it. And some people pay thousands just to, to have the removals done. So, mm. um, and and again, with conveyancing, depending on who you use, you can use some really cheap ones, um which I would advise them heavily against in every aspect. <laughs> yeah. If it's an, on, if it's an online not. conveyancer, <laughs> run away. Mm. Um, and some of them could be extortionately expensive. But it's, you know, as long as you've got a good report, the one th- thing we've always said is for a first time buyer, for any buyer, Ask your estate agent who they feel most comfortable with when it comes to working with conveyances Mm. because that certainly helps the process. That's a huge part of how um, buying homes can be either I don't know, I don't know how to less it. stressful yeah, more stressful a, a, a pleasing time or a not so pleasing time so um, but for cost wise I think there's there's a lot that they probably don't ever think of a good broker though a good broker will make them aware that they've got to take these costs into account mm. on day one so when they do their IOP they'll make them aware that there's also solicitor costs, there's also potential stamp duty costs there's also removals there's, there's a few others that you could probably throw in there but Primarily, they're the main three that yeah. you'll probably end up taking, I think, going forward. But yeah, most brokers will make them aware day one. And it sometimes goes into affordability now as well with the mortgage application. Mm. So they'll make them aware that those payments have to be made on month one. So it's, um, it's part and part of the process. Mm-hmm. But if they don't know that, because they first-time buyers, they need to be told, I think. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, thanks so much for coming on today, guys. Great to hear from you. Thank, thank you Thank you very much. And for all you guys at home, if you did enjoy this episode, please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> Thank you.